Hey y'all, welcome back to season two of Yeah But Are You Listening? I'm Ovi and I'm glad you've tuned into this journey. I've created this space to push you to be authentic, to be transparent, and to do it scared. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, for those of you who were with me in season one, welcome back. We back at it. For those that may be listening now uh, because somebody told you or because you saw a picture, like welcome. Welcome to this journey um, where we encourage each other to do it scared. We share our life experiences and we just talk about all sorts of stuff. Um, It's season two. It's season two. It has been three weeks since I talked to y'all last. And it's crazy because in that three-week time span, it literally has felt like a lifetime. So much has happened um, so much has happened. So much has changed. Um, and you guys know in typical fashion, we going to share it. I'm going to share it with you. So not to worry, nothing that has happened is a secret. Um, but just so much has happened. Um, so much has happened in my life. So much has kind of happened around me. So much is continuing to happen around me and I'm grateful. Um, I'm overwhelmed. And I'm learning and I am, uh, my anxiety is through the roof, but I'm good. I am good. I might be better than I've been in a long, long time. So um, let's see. So uh, first of all, with the podcast, um, we got shirts. So when we first started, um, people asked me, you know, would there be merch? I'm like, who thinks about that on day one or even day 12? Like, I don't know if there'll be merch. I got the name put on the back of a jacket I liked because I was going to be doing promo. Who would have thought other people would have wanted to not only rep my journey, but rep their journey. So we got shirts for sale um, and you can either, you know, straight rep the podcast with a yeah, but are you listening tea? Or there's also a do it scared tea, which in my opinion says more, right? So do I want my podcast name on your shirt, cross your chest? Absolutely. But it means more to me that people want something that reps their journey across their chest. So for me, do it scared is like a mantra. So it's not only, yeah, my homegirl or this girl I know, or this somebody recommended this podcast and I think it's dope. But also, um, you know, she's doing it scared. She's stepping out on faith and doing some things that have been life-changing for her. And so am I, whether I inspired you to do those things or not. Like we all are doing something in this life that we probably didn't think we could. And some probably sometimes didn't even think we should, but we out here, we out here killing the game. I cannot tell y'all how many stories I have gotten just all throughout season one and since then about people stepping out on faith, people doing things that they didn't think they could do, doing things they didn't think they were strong enough to do, launching businesses, um, quitting jobs, like stepping out on absolute faith and and winning. Um, people are finding themselves 
People are finding their journey. People are gaining new footing. And I could not be more excited to be on that journey with people or for people to be on that journey with me. Because let me tell you, I am smack in the middle of a do it scared journey in a way I could have never, ever, ever imagined. So a little bit ago, um, I... Um, decided that I had outgrown my professional growth potential at my current job, which I've been at for 13 years. And what I decided was that in that moment, um, I had already reached probably years ago, really had reached the plateau of growth from a perspective of I was not going to be able to make more money like with outside of like your your three to five percent raises, like I wasn't going to get any exponential raise. I wasn't going to jump from where I was into like a new tax bracket. Right. Um, my job was comfortable. I was really good at it, but I was going to be there and I could be there for the next 25 years. But, yo, that's where I was going to be. And so I said, you know what? We in a we in a panini. <laughs> we in a pandemic. Let me. um let me just, let me put some things out into the atmosphere, right? So if you listen to season one, you heard me talk about vision boards and post-it notes. And so um, those things are real for me, right? So one of the things we do on this podcast is we keep it authentic. We keep it a hundred. And so I don't suggest you guys do things that I'm not doing in my real life. Um, and so I try to, you know, I'm trying to live by example. I always get it right, but I, that is my goal. So for the last two years, I have had professional a professional section on my vision board. And on that section, I had put some very specific things that I wanted um, professionally. But much like those people that you hear about that um, say they want to win the lottery but never buy a ticket, that, that was me. Um, had all these amazing things on my vision board about what I wanted to do from a career perspective. But I wasn't applying for jobs. I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't networking. I didn't even update my LinkedIn. Um, And so I guess I kind of expected it to just show up. Like somebody to just call me one day and be like, yo, here is the job of your dreams. And so about, I'll probably say six or eight months ago, because it's hard to believe we're already five months into 2021. Um, That's crazy all by itself. But about five or six months ago, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just put some applications out. And the only two stipulations I had for that application process was I wanted it to pay above a certain amount. And I wanted to be able to be doing something that was going to impact people um, and that was going to challenge me and that I was going to enjoy doing every day. Right. So we all know if you do something you love, then it doesn't feel like work. And I wasn't really concerned that it didn't feel like work because I don't mind working. But I did want it to be something that I loved. I wanted it to be something that I felt like was going to have an impact on other people. So here I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Indeed and whatever other job sites. And I'm just filling out stuff. Now, the caveat to that is um, if the application was was uh, lengthy, if they asked for too much, I ain't fill it out. Right. If they wanted me to fill out my last 10, 12 years of job experience and they wanted my resume. Nah, that ain't the job for me. Um, Outside of that, I filled out applications for everything else. Everything. I even filled out applications for stuff I wouldn't even qualify for. Right. My thought was if Trump can be in office, yo, I can definitely run a company. 
I mean, it made sense. It made sense to me. So I'm filling out applications for everything. Um, and I'm getting a lot of declines, right? A lot of that. Thank you. We, we reviewed your, we reviewed your, um, your expertise and your experience. And, you know, we just have decided, you know, we've gone with another candidate. Y'all know what those emails are like. Like I ain't the only one. And I got a ton of them. I was getting them every day, even for jobs. I didn't even remember applying for. I'd get them and be like, dang, they didn't want me. What was it that they didn't want me to do? Cause I don't even remember. So I went through quite a bit of that. And one day, um, I got a call from a number from Oregon. And when I saw the number pop up on my caller ID, I didn't answer. I'm like, I don't know nobody in Oregon. I assumed it was another auto warranty call and I don't need a new auto warranty, right? Take my name off the call list. So I didn't answer. Easy. They leave a message. Um, They tell me I apply for a job um, and that they want to interview me. They want to set up a time to interview me. Cool. I'm like, you know what? I, I ain't moving to Oregon, but one of two things, either um, I'll just work remotely. Like if I get the job, I can, if I can do it from here, cool, everybody wins. And B, um, I'll just get some interview experience. Like this is not going to be a real thing. I mean, it's Oregon. It's not going to be a real thing. Have the first interview. Interview goes amazing. Like it's a 15 minute, they call them lightning round. Um, there were 67 candidates, right? I think they said they interviewed 20. Um, and so I'm like, cool. But like, it's still Oregon, not a big deal, not even giving it no thought. But then a week they call me back and they're like, we want to do a second interview. And I'm like, what? So then my mind starts racing, right? Because is this really happening? Um, is this really happening? And they told me in the first interview that if things continue to go well, they would want this position to be on site. So I'm like, nah, you know, I mean, it's nice to be wanted, right? But they got 67 applicants. It's 3,000 miles away. There's no way that job is going to be for me. But you know what? Cool. More interview experience, the better. I'll do it. Got to brush up on my interview skills. And it can't hurt because I'm still getting these. Thank you for your time. But nah, I'm still getting those, right? So have the second interview. Second interview is a panel. Um, and we're talking about an interview with the leadership of this. So it's another local government. I don't know if you know anything about local government, but leadership in go- local government is your city manager. Um, oftentimes city council is in there somewhere, although they're elected. Um, your department directors, assistant city managers, potentially the mayor. So just depending on how the setup of your city or county or town is, that's kind of the people that, you know, that, that make up that leadership level. So, um, I'm in a panel interview with a number of people from management, um, 30 minute interview, have the interview interview is I, I hang up and I'm like scared because as soon as we get off the phone, it is like, I had spent 30 minutes talking to people that had been my colleagues for years. We laughing and joking. Um, they're asking me questions off the, off the interview path. Y'all know what interviews are like. So they have a list of questions everybody gets asked. Everybody gets asked the same thing. Um, and they're going through, I think the panel was like six people. And we run out of time because so many people have asked me questions that don't have nothing to do with this interview panel, Right. 
um, about my experience, but just off the beaten path. So we get off the off the, the call and I start doing some research. And, I, you know, of course, I've told, shared it with my mom um, and some of my, my closest friends. Only a few, though. I didn't even share it with my circle. Just very, very, very few people um, shared it with them. And we start doing some research. We find that this particular city has 5% black population. Like 5%. Five. That means if there are 100 people, ain't but five of them jokers look like me. Five. I'm like... Nah, like that ain't even, I can't do that. What I'm going to do if I move out there and they want to touch my hair? What I'm going to do if I had a bad day? Who I'm going to date? Like, real talk, all of these are things that that are going through my mind that I'm having conversations about. Um, And I was scared, y'all. So I'm going to say about... They and they they were very um, intentional about giving me the next step. So if you you know this is how many people we had, um, we had sixty seven. We interviewed twenty um, or seventeen or something like that. From the seventeen, we we did a panel interview for seven. So you're one of seven, right? Um, if you make it to the next the, the last round, you're gonna we're gonna bring you out here on such and such date, um, and. You know, you'll have another panel interview. This is who you'll interview with. And it'll be, you know, we're narrowed down even more. Boom. Now my anxiety starts to kick in because, um, like, this this could be real. This could be a real thing. And I only applied for the job because it was what I wanted to do. I done told y'all what I wanted to do and the money I wanted to make. So professionally, if we even get there, we already ahead of the game, right? Anxiety's through the roof. I mean, I can't sleep. Um, because now the wheels are really starting to turn in terms of what if they offer me this job? Am I going to move to Oregon? Am I going to move my family to Oregon? My mom's, my, my kid, my grandbaby, like, am I going to move to Oregon? I can't move to Oregon. Ain't even no black people. Like, yeah, anxiety through the roof. So I decide I'm not going to, I'm not going to be concerned. Then I get a call, um, another call and the conversation, um, with the member of leadership is like, so, you know, we want to talk to you. You're the top candidate and we want to talk to you about how serious this move might be for you. Um, and if you're willing, like, are you really willing to make this move? And we, we would like you to, um, you know, we want to bring you out and have another interview and just see, but we just want to see kind of where you land on, on this opportunity and on, would you be really be willing to move? Like it doesn't have to be right away, but would you be willing now I'm not only scared, I'm praying. I'm like, God, you for real? Like I applied for jobs in Charlotte and Baltimore and DC and Atlanta and, and, and Charleston. And so you mean to tell me that none of these other places that are within a car ride away from the people and the things that are most important to me could have done what I need to do. Whatever it is you need me to do, got to be all the way in Oregon. It ain't nothing closer. So, um... Have the conversation. Um, they decide they want me to come out and let's let's have a third interview. So um, before I fly out, I'm like, um, I write down a list of questions, right? And my list of questions is everything from working remotely to salary to advancement to diversity and lack of diversity to resources and support. I want to know all these things, what they look like, how you going to support me if I'm the little lonely black girl out here, Right. Um, get out. I write it down. I pray over it. I'm like, God, if this is the journey you have for me, I need you to make it plain. Like, 
I need you to make it plain. Boom. All right. Go out there. Um, I, I have a meeting. And before my interview, my interview is the next day. I have a meeting. Um, in the course of like having dinner, um, every one of the questions on that paper gets answered without me even asking. I don't even open my mouth. And just in conversation, he answers every one. Boom, boom, boom. Every single question in detail. I'm like, all right, all right, guys, I see you. <laughs> I see you showing up. Um, so go to the interviews the next day. It's three, three more interviews because they interview the life out of you. Um, go to three more interviews the next day. Um, there is, you know, some part of the interview part I, I won't share, but I left. My last interview was with the mayor, right? Because the position I was applying for um, was going to report directly to the city manager um, I was going to work with the mayor and city council. Um, my last interview was with the mayor. In the course of that interview, she gets um, relatively emotional and, you know, begins to tell me her backstory about why she became a mayor. Um, and I'm not really sure why she shared it with me. She wasn't really sure why she shared it with me, but all right, fine. So interview goes, interview's over. Later that day, later, later that evening, I get a call that says, you know, we want to move you to the next round. Um, or not the next round. Cause that's it. That, that round was over. Interviews are over. Um, but we have a, we want to talk to you about something else. Um, there's another position that we really think you might be better suited for. Um, this position is going to pay more money. Um, do something a little differently. Um, much more of a leadership role than the, the role we, we, you came out here for in the beginning. Um, we think you'd be great for it. Um, Y'all started laughing. I'm sitting in a parking lot. I just ordered me some 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 um some um chicken quesadillas from this Mexican spot. Um and I'm sitting in a parking lot and I just started laughing. And he's like, Well, why are you laughing? And I said, Well, I applied for that job when I applied for this job, but um y'all kicked out my resume. Like that was one of the thank you but no thank you emails. He said, Let me pull it up. I'm like, all right. So he says, oh, well, the only reason that we that it kicked you out was because that job required a cover letter. Um, my job required a cover letter, too, but I'm not a stickler. Y'all, I don't do cover letters. I, I That was one of those I ain't doing it things. Right. So he says, so, look, um, let me let me go talk to the person you will report to um, and, and see. I'm like, all right. He's like, because you've met everybody that you would meet. Everybody that you would interview for this other role, you've already interviewed with them through, throughout this process. And everybody wants you for this other job. I'm like, all right. So I hang up. I'm laughing. Now I'm crying because I'm like, God, are you serious? I came out here for one job. I have been asked to apply for a different job, making more money than I was already come, willing to come out here for. With more responsibility, more visibility, a higher level of impact, both internally and in the community. Like, Oregon, though? Oregon. Like, it goes back to that. Like, God, I, you doing your thing. But Oregon? Um, fast forward. Um, I interview. I accept. They, they, all, they make me an offer. I accept the offer. Um, turn in my resignation from my... 13-year stint at my job that I loved with people I respected, people that I loved working with and for. Um, I have made some lifelong f 
friendships and relationships at that job. And I turned in my resignation. Um, and I was scared. To, I was scared to tell my supervisor that I was leaving. Um, I didn't want him to fuss at me. Right. But he didn't. He didn't fuss. He was super supportive. Um, super, super supportive. And my circle was super supportive. Um, so I tell him I'm leaving. And for two days straight, my phone and my email blows up with people professing their love and admiration and adoration and support and encouragement. Um, it's interesting that people don't tell you that stuff until you're dead or leaving. Um, so we got to do better about that. Let me just put a, a pause right there. We got to do better about giving people their flowers, telling them what they mean to you, telling them how they've impacted you. We got to do better about doing that in the moment because, you know, sometimes people don't leave and go to another job. Sometimes people pass away. Um, and you don't want to be left holding the bag with something that could have made someone's day, made someone smile. Um just because you're waiting for an opportunity and maybe you're not intentionally waiting for the opportunity, right? Maybe you're not like, well, I really enjoy working with her, but I won't, I'll tell her when she leaves. Like maybe we don't, you know, I don't think people do that intentionally, but what I am saying is when somebody makes your day, tell them right then. Like when you see somebody in the elevator and you're like, I really enjoy working with her or him or you know, I, they come to work every day and they on point. There's a, a lady that works with me named Grace. Grace shoe game is ridiculous, ridiculous. She is an assistant director. And every time I see her, I used to be like, let me go shoe shopping with you. Um, and when she, she actually reached out to me this week and my, to, to tell me how, how, um, how much she appreciated who I had been to her and with her in my, you know, my professional career. Um, and my response to her was like, I appreciate all that, but can I get some shoes now? You know, and so we laughed about it because that was our thing. But my point is celebrate people in the moment. Tell them they've made your day. Tell them, tell them they smell good or tell them they look nice. Um, I was in a meeting today and a young lady was in the, in, in the meeting with me. And not that she doesn't usually look nice, but today her hair looked really great. And so I told her in the meeting, um, you know, we're in a virtual space, especially now. It's important, especially now, because people don't get that interaction. People are missing that interaction. And, you know, some people used to go to work and dress up just because people knew that they was going to be fly. And that's what was expected of them. And that was something they look forward to. And so sometimes now those same people are struggling because they don't have anybody to dress up for to be noticed at the water cooler or to be noticed in the elevator or to compliment their shoes. Um, and I'm not at all saying that that was great. I'm just saying in general, like use the opportunities that you have to tell people what they've done or the impact they've made or to encourage somebody um, you don't know how impactful that may be for someone else. Just that two sentences. And and yes, if they're leaving or you're not going to see them for a while, or they're moving. That's also an opportunity to share with them. But share that with them in the moment. Tell somebody they've done a good job in the moment. Um, so anyway, that, that's kind of what's been going on with me. So now I am, you know, I've accepted the job. Um super excited about the work, super excited to be, you know, number six of the the 5%. Um, I'm nervous. I'm terrified. Like, what if I get it wrong? 
What if I misstep? What if, you know, am I going to go out there and they're going to expect me to be the black voice? Um, I'm not the black voice. You know, I am a black voice. Um, but I also am hopeful and excited. Like, yo, I'm going where the money reside. Um, and I believe wholeheartedly that this transition is going to catapult me professionally and personally in a way that I could not have done here in my hometown. And, you know, I struggle. There are some other struggles that I'm sure I'll share with y'all over the course of the next few weeks or just over the course of the journey. Like there were some struggles um, with leaving my mom, you know, and and leaving Isaiah and leaving my kids. Um, Lana's going to come with me, but there were still some struggles with that. And there continue to be because those are my babies. Y'all know that. Like those are my babies, my mama included. Um, but what I have prayed is that, you know, God will keep them, you know, okay, I'm coming back. I'm not going to be one way or the other. We're going to be reunited. Now, whether they come to the West coast or I bring it on back to the East coast, which is probably more of what's going to happen. Cause that West coast water is cold. I don't want no parts of that, but you know, I'm trusting that God is going to keep my family um, and take care of me until I can get back. You know, I can do the things that I need to do there and then come back. Um, and so this, you know, this last little bit has been a journey. It continues to be a journey, but it has definitely been a journey and a testament to my faith. There are so many other like little things that I could share um, that, you know, that are proof that it, it, there's no other there's no other way. Like whether you believe it's the universe or whether you believe it's God, like definitely things have lined up for this to take place. And I don't take it for granted. And I'm excited about the journey. I'm just, don't worry. Y'all going to be with me. Like y'all going to be with me because I'm nervous. Um, I'm nervous. I don't what I'm going to do when somebody asks to touch my hair. <laughs> um, besides be like, nah, let me educate you. Come here, lean in real close. Um, but you know, aside of that, I think there are some really exciting things in store for season two. Um, the next episode is one I'm super excited about with Chef Carmen. Um, we are, we, we had a really great conversation while she made me some amazing food. And so part of the reason I'm trying to go where the money reside is so I can afford her to be my personal chef. Um, I told you all I was working toward getting video added and I still am. I'm not there yet. Um, I'd be lying if I said like at the end of the day, my schedule has just been ridiculous and I didn't want to continue to hold up season two while I tried to figure out how to make that happen. So we're going to roll on into season two. I'll get y'all some video when I can or as I can as I can master that skill. But y'all just, you know, keep rocking with me. Y'all have been amazing up till now. Um, I took pictures, branding pictures <clears throat> this weekend. And even that was like the most, I have the best friends, y'all. I have the best, best, best friends. So um, Jessica, Jessica <clears throat> Brown, Jessica Elizabeth is the one who does all my photos. And so um, she is my forever photographer. And Benita Richardson does my makeup, typically. Um, if it's not Alicia Ruffin when she's here, but she's in Charlotte. So typically it's Benita. Um, but I, Saturday, just had, on a whim was like, y'all, the episode drops on Wednesday and I haven't taken any new season photos. And both of them, it just worked out. Benita was like, come through tomorrow, I got you. Jessica was like, come through, I got you. We took some amazing pictures. So that's done. Um, we just, we, we ready to roll into season two. And I just want to welcome you. If you have hung on with me for this, you know, this part of the journey, I want to welcome you back. 
Um, I want to invite you to invite somebody else. Like, let's figure out what they can do scared. If there are things you want to talk about, you want to hear about, that you would just like to be discussed, please, please, please send them to me. Um, I always ask for your feedback. I always ask for your um, your criticism. I always ask for your insight. I'm a little tougher now than I was uh, five months ago, so the criticism doesn't hit me the same, but I absolutely want to hear what you think. I absolutely want to know how this is impacting your life. Um, you guys impact my life just as much as some of you say I'm impacting yours. And that was the goal when this whole thing started. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to do it scared. The whole thing. Season two, we're going to do it live. Do it scared.